today that um, I want you to turn to in the Word of God. We're going to begin in Matthew, the sixth chapter of Matthew. And then um, I'm going to read several verses from Matthew chapter 6, and then we'll be going to John 14 for one verse and John 16 for one verse, okay? So three different openings today that I want to read on this, on this very first Sunday of this new year. But I want, to, I want to talk to you about today and possibly tonight, depending on how far I get or how things go this morning. But I want to, I want to talk to you on some reasons why I'm not worried about 2022. And a lot of people are. I got one amen, praise God. But a lot of people are. But I'm not going to live in fear and stress and anxiety and worry about this coming year. I don't know what the year may hold or what's going to happen. You don't know. Nobody does. Only God knows what's going to happen in this, in this world in the next year. But I do know this. As they just sang, I have a protector. I have a God. And I have a Bible. And I have a prayer life. And I'm not going to worry about what is going to take place in 2022. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, you're not going to get... You're not going to get any encouragement from the news, from the media, from social media, for for the most part, or from television and anything like that. But I want to try my best to give you some encouragement from the Word of God today, okay? So if you're there with me in the sixth chapter of the book of Matthew... Uh, Some very, very familiar verses of Scripture that I want to read to you beginning in verse number 25. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25 says this. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Who's speaking here? Who's talking here? In my Bible, the letters are red. It's, it's Jesus. Is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, And tomorrow is thrown into the oven. Will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, verse 31, he says it again. Therefore, do not worry, 
saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. How many believe God knows what we have need of? But, verse 33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know what he's saying? You have enough trouble today. You don't have to go looking to borrow some from tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. But don't worry. Look with me. Flip over to John's gospel. Words of Jesus again. In John chapter number 14. I thought I had it marked, but I didn't. John chapter number 14 and verse 27. Jesus says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Listen to this. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now that sounds to me like the way he said that there is that that's my responsibility not to allow my heart to be troubled, flustered, agitated, anxious, or worried. That's that's something that we have to do, okay? And Jesus tells us that we, because He has given us His peace. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. See, the wor- we got a peace today from Jesus that the world can't give. The world can't give it, and the world, thank God, can't take it away either. Amen? But we have a peace. It's a peace that, that Paul said passes all understanding. A peace, the peace, the peace of God in the midst of difficult times that we can still have peace and not be upset and agitated and worried and flustered because... He's given us His peace. Now, flip over a couple of pages to one of my favorite verses of Scripture in John 16. And the very last verse in John 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, These things have I spoken to you that in me you might have, and here it is again, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Man, I'm glad He didn't stop there, though. Huh? Man, if he'd have stopped there, we'd all be crying in our crying the blues today. If he'd have just stopped there, he 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 said, In the world you will have tribulation, but I love this next phrase, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. We're serving one today and got one living on the inside of us today that has already overcome the world. And guess what? 
He's, he's, he's eternal past, he's in the present, and he's in the future. So don't worry about tomorrow or next year or this year because Jesus is already there and he's already overcome the world and he's already won the victory. Come on, amen. Praise God. That's worth praising the Lord about. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for the word of God. We pray your anointing today. Help me to minister your word to your people this morning. Speak to our hearts. Flood us with your faith, with your peace. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I've already mentioned, but we know that today's world is filled with uncertainty. The future is uncertain. There's an uncertainty today um, in the world scope of things about the economy and about the government. There is uncertainty about health and about eternity. But um, the uncertainty of the world situation results because of all that uncertainty that people have in their life. It results in a, in, a, in a planet full of people and, and a population that is living at a stress level, probably which no other generation has ever experienced before. Uh-oh. I'm losing it again. I better get, I better get me a backup. All right. I might ought to just go to that before I get started. Praise God. But the greatest effect of a world that is filled with uncertainty is the fact that people have lost hope. Many people have lost hope. And, 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 the, and because of that fact, there are people today that are filled with fear and worry and despair. But as I've read to you this morning, the Word of God tells us over and over and over. And these were just a few scriptures that I read. The verses that I read to you from Psalm 27 this morning when we were singing about um, the breakthrough. Those verses as well tell us not to allow fear and worry and anxiety to control our life. But there are millions today, there are multitudes today that are worried about the future and what's, what this coming year may bring and what's going to happen in our nation and in the world. And we are inundated every day with a message of fear and dread. Um, every time we turn on the evening news, every time we listen to, uh, uh, turn that television on and allow that message to come into our, to our living room, there is a dark, bleak message that comes from the mainstream media. I, I think you've probably picked up on that by now. A bleak, a, a dark message that this is going to be a bleak year and it's being, that's what's being predicted by a lot of people for 2022. I said this, I think maybe Wednesday night, but I made mention of this, that I was listening to someone that said this. They said that 2022 will be 2020. T-O-O. In other words, it's going to be a repeat of 2020. I don't know whether that's going to be the case or not, but nevertheless, it doesn't matter. If it's worse than what 2020 was, I'm going to tell you, Jesus said, don't worry about it. You've got every, he's got everything under control in our lives. Can I get an amen today? They talking about things that could take place in this coming year. Um, you know, could there be possible 
lockdowns again and shutdowns and vaccine mandates and vaccine passports due to the continued spread of this virus. And through the world, the world is just filled with an uncertainty. And even though that is the case, where do we as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ stand? Should we be filled with fear and anxiety or are we to isolate ourselves from friends and family and worry ourselves sick because of the things that are coming on the earth? Someone said one time that worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying there in Matthew chapter 6. He said, worry will not add one cubit to your stature. You can't change one hair, uh, color of one hair by worrying about it. Worry absolutely is a futile thing. It does absolutely no good at all. Only thing that worry does accomplish is and stress accomplishes is it gives people ulcers and it gives them um, physical problems in their life and in their bodies but God is saying to us and Jesus said here in Matthew 6 four different times he tells us in those verses do not worry do not worry and listen to me ladies and gentlemen that is not a suggestion, but that is a command. Jesus did not say there, just try real hard not to worry or do your best not to worry. He didn't say that, but Jesus gave an express command to those who is, who, who is preaching to that day and us through the word of God that we are not to worry. I guess I'll just do old school and just preach without a mic this morning. Amen. Praise God. But he said, for us not to worry and not to be afraid. Isn't that what he said? So John, as we read to you in 1427, John said that. Uh, Jesus said that there in John, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we've got to make that decision today by the help of the Holy Spirit that I will not allow my heart to be troubled or to be afraid. That word troubled there, when he said to not let our heart be troubled, that word troubled means to cause one inward commotion or to take away the calmness of mind, to strike our spirit with fear and dread and to render anxiousness or distress. And that's what Jesus was saying there in that verse. Don't allow that to happen. And every single one of us are going to face the temptation to succumb to dread, to succumb to worry, and to fear and to anxiety and to allow our hearts to be troubled and fearful and agitated. But you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to make up my mind right here on this first Sunday of 2020 that that's not going to be a part of my life. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to allow that to be a part of my life. God has given me, Jesus has given me his peace. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk in the peace of God and claim the peace of God and claim the blessing of God and the protection of God in my life and I'm going to declare that no matter what happens in 2020 I'm going to live for Jesus I'm going to look for his coming I'm going to rejoice in the Lord I'm going to have a good good time come on amen because Jesus said I have overcome the world be of good cheer I have overcome the world amen 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. What was it? You've got nothing to fear. Who said that? FDR? You got, we got, you got, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. I was, uh, <laughs> I was watching one of my favorite shows one time, the Andy Griffith Show. Amen. One of my favorite classic show. I love it. But uh, the episode where, where, where Gomer and Barney were to go in the, Andy sent them into that haunted house to get the baseball that Opie and them had, had thrown in the window. And uh, there was, it was supposed to be spooks in there. And, and so uh, Gomer and Barney go in to get that. And while they're in there, they hear the ooh and all this, you know, and stuff's moving and eyes are moving in the picture and they run out of there and run back and they're scared out of their wits. And Barney had told Andy before, you know, or told Opie, Opie, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And when they got back to the sheriff's office, um, Andy said to Barney, well, Barney, I thought you said there was nothing to fear but fear itself. And he said, that's right, and that's just what I've got, fear itself. And there's a lot of people that are that way today. They're filled with fear. But I want to give you some reasons today. I want to give you some reasons why that, that, that we can go into this new year and uh, not be worried about what might happen in 2022. I'm not worried for the, uh, about this new year because of these reasons. And the very first one, and you might want to jot these down, but the very first reason why I'm not worried is because in 2022, the Bible will still have all the answers that we need. Are you listening to me? You're not going to get it on the news or on social media, but I can tell you that there is a book that has the answers to all of our problems. And that's what everybody's looking for today. Everybody is looking for answers to the problems that we face. And I'm going to tell you something. I think we all know this, but our government and our leaders did not have the answers. Science does not have the answers. The CDC does not have the answers. And all of those that are looking to those areas for the answers to the problems and the dilemmas that we face in this year are going to be disappointed. But there is a reason. There is a, they are the reason for all of the fear in spite of everything that they tell us to do everything that they promise nothing seems to work and there seems to be no answers coming from anywhere but I do know where the answer is today to all the problems and the trouble and the fear and the worry and the sickness and the disease and everything that's going on I know where there you can find an answer this book right here today is filled with the answers that you need to whatever problem that you have or any problem that you will face in this life, this Bible has the answers to those problems. Amen? Hallelujah. I think that, that, that you and I need to make this a year today that, that we uh, make a, you know, we was talking about resolutions the other day, but, but not necessarily a resolution, but make a commitment this year to make 
make this the year that you read the Word and feed on the Word and study the Word and get into the Word. You want to get rid of fear. You want to get rid of anxiety. You want to get rid of the turmoil and the trouble in your life. You want to have some peace on the inside. Then pick up a Bible every day and immerse yourself in the Word of God because no matter what happens this year, ladies and gentlemen, this Bible will still have the answer to every problem and every dilemma and every situation. Amen? Charles Spurgeon said that a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Praise God. And that, that's true. Amen? That's true. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 15 and 4. He said, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Do you hear what that says? That the Scriptures, the Word of God, gives us hope. The Word of God gives us comfort. The Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, is the most powerful force on this earth today. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. This book that, that I hold today is the most powerful force on this earth today. Somebody said, are you sure about that? Well, the, here's what. Here's what the Bible says or Paul says about the Word of God in Hebrews 4 and 12. He says that the Word of God is living. So it's not a dead book. It's a live book. It's living and it's powerful. There it is. And sharper than any two-edged sword. See, the Word of God is a powerful book. And the Word of God will change and transform your life. How many believes that today? Amen? You've got to get into the Word of God, into the Bible, if you are going to have the faith and the victory over the fear and the dread that the enemy wants to bring into your life. The Word of God. The Bible says this about the Word of God in Jeremiah 5.14. It says that the Bible, the word, God's Word, is a devouring flame. Jeremiah also said in 23.29 that the Word of God is a crushing hammer. Ezekiel 37 gives us the fact that the Word of God is a life-giving force. Paul said in Romans 1.16 that the, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So there's saving power in the Word of God. Paul writing about the weapons of our warfare in Ephesians 6.17 says that the Word of God is a defensive weapon that we use against the attacks of the enemy. Praise God. The the verse that I read to you here in Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the Word of God is a probing instrument that, that's sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and moral. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the 
intents of the heart. Oh, thank God I love the Word of God. How many can say, man, I love the Word of God. This Bible today is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's charter. In this book today, it holds doctrines that are holy. Its precepts are binding. Its histories are true. And its decisions are irreversible. This Bible contains light to direct, spiritual food to sustain, and comfort to cheer us. And I'm going to tell you something today and encourage you that you need to read it. I said you need to read it. You need to get it in your heart. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be safe. And practice it to be holy. Amen. We should read it that it might fill our memories and rule our hearts and guide our feet in righteousness and true holiness. Thank God for his word. If I could do anything today, I want to encourage you not to let a day go by that you don't read and meditate on the word of God. And if you do, I can guarantee if you'll hide his word in your heart, you will not have worry and fear and dread about this coming year. The Word of God will take care of that. Amen? Because no matter what else changes, God's Word will always remain the same. It's not changing. Hallelujah. It will stand forever. So I'm not worried because I know that the Bible will still have all the answers every dilemma but number two reason number two I'm not worried about the new year because I believe that prayer still works anybody with me on that prayer still works I still believe in prayer that prayer the most effective thing that you and I can do as a Christian (laughs) praise God I know this is simple but it's true the most effective thing that we can do is to pray to commune with the heavenly father a Christian is never as powerful as they are when they are in prayer when they're in that prayer closet communing and fellowshipping with the heavenly father And I do believe that praying Christians accomplish far more over a lifetime than non-praying Christians. Boy, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. You know, you may disagree with that, but that is a fact. Praying Christians always accomplish far more in their life than those who are non-praying Christians. A.J. Gordon said this. He said, we can do more than pray after we have prayed, in which many times we do, but we can never do more than pray until we have prayed. Prayer needs to be the priority in our life. When you put together prayer and the Word of God, there's a powerful, powerful force that's made available to the church, to the believer. 
giver to the child of God. E.M. Bounds, who wrote so many wonderful books on prayer, made this statement. He said, God shapes the world by prayer. The more prayer there is in the world, the better the world will be. And perhaps that's one of the reasons why the world is in such a mess today is because Christians don't have the prayer life that they need to have. Amen. I'm not here to bring any condemnation, but I I do hope the Holy Spirit does bring some conviction into our hearts and lives. There's so much today about people say, well, we need to get prayer back in the school. We need to get prayer back in the classroom. We need to get the Bible back in schools and prayer back in schools. And I'm all for that. But listen, we need to get prayer. You know where prayer needs to be? We need to get prayer back in the church. We need to get prayer back in the home. We need to get family altars back in the families. Is anybody here today? Hallelujah. Listen, prayer still works. We as a church, somebody said, well, you know, what does the church need to repent of? And I had asked an evangelist friend of mine that question here a while back. What does the church need to repent of? Number one. And he immediately said apathy and complacency, which I believe that is true. The lukewarmness that we've allowed to come into the church. We need to repent of that and get on fire for God. But as I was studying and preparing this message, the Holy Spirit dropped this into my heart and said the other thing that the church needs to repent of is the sin of prayerlessness. The sin of prayerlessness. Oh God, give us men and women of God in 2020 that will be prayer warriors, that will be intercessors, that will spend time in the presence of God, fellowshipping with the Lord, seeking the face of God. Hallelujah if you'll do it. I said if you'll do it, you won't be worried about what's going on. You'll want to turn off the evening news and turn off social media to spend more time in the presence of God, praying, seeking his face. Prayer, hallelujah, is powerful. Powerful. We don't... The reason people don't pray is because many don't really believe in the power of prayer. That's one of the major problems that we have in the church today is that Christians don't pray and churches don't pray. The least attended service in any church, not just this one, but the least attended service in any church is the prayer meeting. That should tell us something. And then we wonder why things are the way they are. God moves when His people pray. Prayer, believing prayer, will move the hand of God. John Wesley made the statement one time, he said that it seems... That God does nothing unless his people pray and ask him to. And that is the way God has arranged it. And there's some things God is going to do to fulfill his plan. But so many things in our life, in our churches, in our families, in our homes that don't take place or don't happen simply because we don't pray. James said, you have not 
Amen? Why? Because you ask not. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is a deterrent to sinful behavior. Prayer, ladies and gentlemen, is filled with endless opportunity. It's a, it's, it's a voltage regulator to the power or on the power of God. And the more prayer, the more of God's power is going to be made manifest in your life. Amen? The only path to the throne room of God is through that avenue of prayer. And ladies and gentlemen, we have scores of examples in the Bible of answered prayer. Moses prayed repeatedly for protection and provision in the wilderness and God answered his prayer. It was in answer to prayer that, that, that the Red Sea opened up and God gave them a pillar of cloud and fire and water from a rock and quail and manna from heaven, supernatural protection from all of their enemies. And we sang about that protection today that comes from the Lord. But prayer is what brings that into being in our life. Gideon prayed for his fleece to be wet and then one time for it to be dry. And according to his prayers, his prayers were answered. Hannah prayed for a son and God gave her the desire of her heart. Elijah prayed for, for, for the heavens to be shut up and that there would be no rain for three and a half years. And it happened, it happened. There wasn't any rain for three and a half years because a prophet of God prayed. God dropped it in his heart and he prayed. And James bears that out. And in, after three and a half years, Elijah prayed again and it rained. He prayed fire from heaven that came down on, on Mount Carmel and consumed the sacrifice and the altar and the water and the dust all around it. A 63 word prayer brought the fire of God down all through this Bible from the beginning to end. Our example after example after example of God's people going to the Lord and asking and believing and praying and God moving and God answering their prayer. It was when Hezekiah had already got the death sentence that he was going to die and not live that he turned his face to the wall and prayed a prayer to God and God tapped Isaiah on the shoulder before he got out of the courthouse and he said go back and tell Hezekiah I've seen your tears. I've heard your prayer. I'm going to heal you and give you another 15 years. I'm telling you prayer is a work that we need to see in the body of Christ. I still believe in the power of prayer. I still believe that God answers prayer. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Someone said men may spurn our appeals and reject our message and oppose our arguments and despise our persons, but they're helpless against our prayers. Hallelujah. So the next time the enemy tries to make you feel that prayer is not working, or that prayer is not enough, you need to remind yourself, hey, prayer still works. 
in 2022, I said prayer still works. And that's why I'm not worried. Amen. Because prayer still works. And the Bible still has the answer. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you a third one. Then we'll go home. Come back tonight. Reason number three I'm not worried is that God in 2022, that's why I say these songs they sing this morning went right along with what I'm trying to convey to you. But God in this year will still bless and protect His people. Hey, yeah, we live in a dangerous world. Amen? We live in a world today that is, the atmosphere is full of fallen angels and demon spirits. We live in a world today that is, that is under the control. This world and world system is under the control of the powers of darkness. John said in 1 John, he said, this whole world lies in wickedness. But I want you to know we're in this world. But glory be to God, we're not of this world. Hallelujah! There is a kingdom of darkness that is controlling this world. But there is a kingdom of God's Son, the kingdom of light. And there was a time I was a part of that kingdom of darkness. But thanks be to God, one day I got translated out of that kingdom of darkness and brought in, transferred into the kingdom of God's dear Son. And I'm going to tell you what, I am not a part and you are not a part of this evil world system today. Come on, amen. They cannot, this world cannot touch what I've got on the inside. The kingdom of God, hallelujah, has come. Not not the literal kingdom that's coming soon, but the kingdom of God has come into the heart and into the life of every believer that has been born again. Jesus said the kingdom of God comes not with observation, but he said the kingdom of God is within you. Thank God his kingdom's in me, and I'm in his kingdom, and I'm delivered from this present evil world. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, it's dangerous out there. Yeah, it's evil out there. Yeah, there's wickedness everywhere, but I'm telling you, I've got a God that hides me in his pavilion. I've got a God that covers me with his wings. I've got a God that has promised that he would go before me and behind me and cover me and lead me and protect me. I'm not worried. I've got a God that's in control of my life. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, there's perilous times. There's dangerous times. But the child of God has nothing to fear because we are protected by the Lord. The text that I read to you, Jesus said, in the world, yeah, you will have tribulation. But he didn't stop there. Oh, Brother Ricky. It's such a hard old life. 
There's hardness, hardship. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, young preacher, endure hardness as a good soldier. You guys that's been in the military, you know there's hardness involved in being a soldier in the army. Amen. Praise God. Well, he said, in the spiritual army of God, there's hardness and difficulty. It's not always going to be an easy way or an easy path. But he said, I, he said, I, Jesus said, I have already overcome the world so you can be of good cheer. Well, Brother Rick, I don't feel like good cheer. Well, put on some cheer. Hallelujah. When you don't feel like it, praise him anyhow. Sing to him anyhow. Worship him anyhow. Hallelujah. Well, the world's not been good to me. Well, it ain't going to be good to anybody who's not a part. Jesus said, if this world hated me, don't, don't, don't worry about it. They're going to hate you too. But I've got the victory over it. He said, I've defeated it. I've overcome the world. So you can be of good cheer. Can I get an amen? Let me close. Let me close. I can't, I can't get nobody. I can't get nobody excited today. So I'll just read something, and then we'll go home. I debated on starting to read this because I'll read the whole thing. It's only 16 verses. But I'm talking about this. I'm not worried about 2020 because God will still bless and protect His people. Huh? Psalm 91, he says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely, not maybe, surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. Somebody say, he's got me covered. His truth shall be, there's the word of God again. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence, nor for the pestilence. Everybody know what a pestilence, COVID is a pestilence. Amen. Nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, or for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because 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 you have made the Lord who is your refuge even the most high your 
dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels. Somebody shout amen. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall, here's the part the devil, see the devil quoted that other that verse to Jesus in the temptation but the devil didn't want nothing to do with that 13th verse you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot he's saying that all the powers of darkness will be under your feet because he has set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation ladies and gentlemen that's talking about a God who's got you covered a God who is your protector a God who is your shelter a God that's going to take care of you from the beginning the Bible says in Deuteronomy that from the beginning of the year to the end of the year the eyes of the Lord are upon his people hallelujah God has got his hand upon us amen worship team you may come back amen I'm, try- I'm tired of fighting this microphone praise God How many believe what I've said today? Amen. You believe it? I'm nowhere near done, so I'll pick up and finish tonight. But listen, Jesus said, Why do you worry? There's no, there's no reason to be fearful or afraid. His peace. It's made available to you and I. Praise God. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we love you today and worship you and give you praise. Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence today, for the Spirit of the Lord that is in this service this morning and for the comfort that we have from your Spirit, from the Holy Spirit scriptures from the word of God I just ask you today Lord to just take away if there's those here today that are anxious stressful fearful worried take that away Lord that their hearts would be filled today with your peace with your love with your joy That today, Lord, we would be in this coming year of good cheer, maintaining our faith in you, maintaining our faith and confidence in the finished work of the cross, knowing, Lord, that we are in you and you are in us. Our lives are hid with Christ in God. Father, we're believing you for great things. 
in the kingdom of God for this coming year. Even though the world may grow darker and darker, that the church will grow stronger and stronger. That there will be a brighter and brighter light that will come from your people, from your church. That the glory of the Lord will rise upon us and be seen within us. Lord, we're looking forward to what you have in store for your people, for your church. We know your word still has the answers to every dilemma and every problem. We know that prayer is still a mighty force and prayer still works today. Help us to be men and women of prayer. Oh, hallelujah. We trust you today. We believe you today. We know and claim today you are our protector. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. The worship team is going to sing and lead us into some worship. If you need prayer this morning, if you have something you'd like to bring to Jesus, a burden that you'd like to bring and leave at the foot of the cross, somebody that you would like to stand in for, just come today and let us pray with you, believe with you, and let God do a work in your life. All right? These altars are open this morning for anyone and everyone who wants to come seek the Lord. God bless you. Let's worship Him today.
and shed this life bring suffering Lord I will all the answers. Prayer still works and God still blesses and protects his people. Amen. Come back tonight, six o'clock. Have a great day in the Lord. Amen. Stay by the fire till till 5.30 then come on to church. God bless you. We love you and appreciate you. You will.